It's a new year, and that means basketball season is in full swing. From Big Monday to Super Tuesday to the Montana women's and men's basketball teams, Paradise Falls is your hoops headquarters. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3 and Pluto TV capabilities, meaning they can broadcast every single college basketball game you can think of. Paradise Falls also has 18 draft beers, including six rotating taps, plus a variety of delicious food. Paradise Falls, open 7 a.m. till midnight, located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. When it comes to college hoops, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. It's time now for our ESPN roundtable. It is presented by Paradise Falls. We go down to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. Just signed a brand new three-year contract extension. Trisha Binford joining us. Coach Binford, thanks so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, we're very happy to have you on here, Coach, and congratulations on on the contract extension. But I wonder if at this point it's like birthdays where it's sort of diminishing returns (laughs) on every new one. You're like, well, yeah, we've done this before, but it's still got to be nice, right, to get there. You get, the, of course, uh, an extension that's the the full amount that you could get in terms of the duration of three years in the state of Montana and, you know, that security as you go in uh, through yet another outstanding season. It's all. It always comes with uh, tremendous gratitude. I get to work with the best every day. We have an amazing president. Uh, we've got an amazing uh, leader in our athletic director. Uh, my staff is unbelievable, and I get inspired every day to coach these kids. So just really grateful and love Bozeman, Montana. This is our home. So you're right. It's kind of. It probably shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. We love being here, um, but at the same time, we still feel like we have a lot to do. So. Uh, yeah. As a head coach, you have so much control over the players you recruit, the assistants you hire, even some of the games that you play. But a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, all the time, you cannot pick the person that's the president of your university. You cannot pick the athletic director. But like you just mentioned, why did Cruzado, Leon Costello, the continuity at Montana State right now from the very top all the way down is so tremendous. How does that help just all the elements of what you have to do as a head basketball coach? Well, obviously, I've been in this business a long time, and I've uh, seen certain coaches make different decisions. And and for us, I think uh, being successful and the well-being, uh, I think, are two priorities. you got to love what you do every day. And uh, it's something extremely special is going on in Bozeman, Montana. When you look at what's happening with our university, there's no question that President Crisado is uh, the person that started all that. And obviously, Leon Costello is doing amazing things in our department. And if you just spend any time with the coaches uh, at MSU, it is a tremendous family atmosphere. I mean, between Jeff and Danny and Daniel and Brittany, I mean, I could go through every single coach. Uh, It's just it's so much fun to support each other and um, to watch each other. And, And there's so many programs that, are just on the rise right now. I just, the, the athletic department on as a whole, I think when you focus on trying to do the right things, uh, but have a lot of fun doing it with people next year, uh, there's no question that I'm in a dream job right now. You know, it's interesting uh, when you talk about Danny Sprinkle now in his first year back at the alma mater and all that, and obviously the men's and women's teams travel exactly opposite, so it sort of ships in the night during the conference season. But what's it been like to have him there and and him being an alum, obviously an outstanding player, be back in the fold at Montana State and in basketball? Well, right from the start, it was very clear he was, as invested in us as we were uh, in his program. And it's just, even though 
we don't get to watch a lot of each other's games. I, I mean, it's pretty clear even to our student athletes, he is around, he's coming by practices, he's supporting our booster cl- clubs. I just, he is just all in and he's so engaging with all of the student athletes. Uh, he even did a short video for our team for, um, you know, just to inspire them. And it's, it's kind of like whatever we each need to support each other the right way. It's, it's what we do here. And I think Leon was a big part, obviously, of that culture. Um, but, you know, you just go through all the programs. It's just been so much fun. And Jeff Choate is constantly deflecting uh, any recognition at himself and, and trying to get out and support all the other programs. So I just, it, it's just so much fun uh, with all the programs and seeing the student athletes have so much fun. And, you know, it's a challenging job and it's challenging on the kids every single day. So you want to have people uh, that have your back and it's nice to walk down the hallway and know those student athletes that it's not just your program that's got their back. I, I feel like all the programs are a left for each other. Trisha Bedford joining us. She is the 15th year head coach at Montana University Women's Basketball. And Trisha, you've been there now since 2003, so you've seen a lot of change all across the board, not necessarily, not just at uh, Montana State, but in the Big Sky Conference as well. But first, 6,000 people lived in Bozeman when <laughs> Trisha Bedford started as a head coach. That's, that's, it's crazy, though. Know. I think I think even when I first moved to Bozeman in 2010 and first met Coach Bedford. How am I supposed to be taking this, <laughs> <laughs> Bozeman's blowing up. That's how we're taking it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but 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 coach, how how have you seen Montana State as a whole change and how has that influenced your program because you've put such a high priority on recruiting high academic caliber student athletes and I know a lot of your young ladies have, have majored in things that Montana State thrives in the STEM stuff, the the engineering. So just the growth of the university as a whole, how much has that played into this the way you've been able to recruit and the way you've been able to grow women's basketball in the Gallatin Valley and in Southwest Montana? Yeah, it's had tremendous impact. I think the the best joke was um, <clears throat> when Tom Stump, uh, in charge of uh, obviously upgrading facilities on campus, he had remembered a conversation he and I had had. And I had no recollection of this conversation, but apparently I uh, was pretty harsh on our dorm situation. And, uh, <laughs> you know, years in our dining hall situation. So years later, we have Miller Dining Hall. We have Yellowstone Dining uh, dorms and before the rendezvous dining halls open, he wanted me to be there um, for that big presentation because he brought up the story and it was so so funny because all of this has boomed and uh, I just think the vision obviously of the president has been so impactful, but it takes so many people on campus to make that happen. So. Like I said, the entire university has completely changed in a positive way, and it still has the roots of how it first began. So, I mean, that's pretty special to do that. But when you walk student athletes or future prospects on your campus and they're seeing a $50 million building, a $25 million building, they're seeing your enrollment increasing, you're seeing still a very low student uh a faculty ratio and you're seeing a president who is hands-on engaging like you can walk in her office office and introduce the future prospect on she's just she's so available i think those things are, are, go a tremendously long way so uh and then obviously the the growth of bozeman 
the athletic department, I think Leon has now taken that side of, of things to a whole new level as well. So we are just really fortunate to be a part of this as this has unfolded. But um, it's it's really fun, you know, and you want to be fired up every single day you go to the office, and I'm as fired up today as I was the first day. Well, take us back to those those early days on the job because you guys have had such great success for a long time now. I 12 straight winning seasons. The last five years, you guys have certainly been one of the premier programs in the league, and you have a couple Big Sky banners to show for it, NCAA tournament appearance, multiple Big Sky MVPs. But when you first took the job, the program was nowhere close to where it is right now. And you guys, I think only won three games your first year. So what do you remember about some of the challenges of that first season? And when you look back, I mean, what's this whole journey been like from an encore perspective, just building it like you guys have? Yeah, I think um, the first year, probably the most challenging part was building your foundation and um, having the student athletes not necessarily get all the fruit of, them being a part of building the culture, you know, uh, they didn't get many the as many of the wins and successes as possibly current players have had, um, but they have also gone on to be uh, exceptional uh, women to uh, be a big difference. And so, I think that was probably the biggest challenging is getting them um, to buy into establishing uh, the culture we wanted to be about and. You know, you want them to have more fruits of that labor uh, on the court. But I, I do feel like those things down the road have certainly unfolded. And it just took, it takes time. And so that's where the recruiting came into play. And for being a competitive competitor, it it was tough on all, all of us. You know, you just, you want those things quicker than they typically happen. Uh, but you also have to trust the process and and it's hard. You don't want to second-guess the process on how you're doing it, but you also have to continue challenging yourself to grow and get better. And I think one of the things that um, I try to do all along and try to continue doing is putting myself uh, amongst people who are going to challenge me to learn and grow. And I could go through every single assistant on my staff, every single colleague uh, that I know, that I've, I continue to try to get better and learn from them, you know, even from the very first coaches, Coach Starr and Coach Harris and Coach Close, and you've got Coach Stockton and all of my previous coaches I've played for, uh, even my current staff right now, I'm continuing to, to learn from each one of them. And I think that's been part of that process. Um, but, you know, the student athletes and how you mentor them, those things uh, you want to continue making sure that you're doing it the right way. And it's just, it's been such a fun ride, but at the same time, it's uh, I'm going to take one day at a time here and coach up our kids and know that there's always going to be roller coasters, but we've got a lot that we want to challenge ourselves to do and continue to take the next step. It's a new year, and that means basketball season is in full swing. From Big Monday to Super Tuesday to the Montana women's and men's basketball teams, Paradise Falls is your hoops headquarters. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3 and Pluto TV capabilities, meaning they can broadcast every single college basketball game you can think of. Paradise Falls also has 18 draft beers, including six rotating taps, plus a variety of delicious food. Paradise Falls open 7 a.m. till midnight, located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. When it comes to college hoops, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. In 2003, Montana, the dominant program in the league, Robin Selvig was at the helm for the Lady Grizz, and they had such unprecedented success. I think just in your time as 
sort of peer head coaches in the state of Montana with Robin Selvig. They went to the tournament, I think, six times. But how much of a driving factor was that, just having your rival be sort of the standard bearer for the conference? And then how gratifying has it been for you to these, these last several years? You guys have, have owned that rivalry and sort of taken the momentum back from Montana. So how much do you think Coach Selvig sort of influenced just the way that you guys were staying hungry and continuing to chase success? And what's it been like then now to be sort of the premier team in the state of Montana? Well, I feel like every day, every single uh, team in this conference culture is uh, is going to challenge us. So uh, I don't know if I feel um, premier every day as much as I feel like we need to be prepared every day. But, um, you know, I think one of the the lessons that all of us, like a Wendy Schuler, that's still here in the big sky, we've probably taken away from coaching against somebody like Robin Selvig is, the identity and culture of his program. And those things were very consistent. And we did take some lumps early on in my years of, you know, who, who we're going to be not only stylistically, um, where we're, you know, going to, uh, uh, try to get that recruiting database, all those things, uh, took a little bit, do take some time, but you knew exactly what kind of uh, style that they were going to have on the floor. And, uh, what kind of kids were going to represent them. And I feel like we started uh, to really identify that for us in our program. So you're always going to have to adapt to how re- recruiting goes in each class and who's graduating, and who's returning. But the identity of who you are should be fairly consistent there. And so we've just tried to, uh, over the last whatever uh, few years, just try to get that clearer for me. And every year you're trying to do that a little bit better. Uh, Robin Selvig was one of, if not the best at that. You knew every year somebody could graduate, go in and out, and they were always going to be amazing out there on the defensive end and challenge you every single night. So I, th- I think despite who is on the floor, who's off the floor, you want the identity to be the same. Trisha Bidford joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. She's the head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. They are 9-6 and six overall in the season thus far. They are 5-1 and one in Big Sky play, sit atop the Big Sky Conference standings. And, Coach Bidford, you uh, played, especially towards the end of conference play, a very tough schedule. Two top 25 teams in Gonzaga and Texas A&M, uh, who you played really tough. Texas A&M, I think a 78-67 final down there at College Station. And then a uh, two-point game, two game with Wichita State. Even though those were losses at the end to very good basketball teams did you feel like you started to see some maybe whether it was confidence with your team or just how good maybe these kids could be even at that early mark and now in conference play you're you're on the top here a third of the way through the season yeah I I feel like we started to see some of those things even uh, against University of Minnesota Uh, I think our Gonzaga home game uh, we really felt like we were in that game we just didn't shoot the ball particularly well but we did a lot of things right i think um since basically last spring and early in the summer we we basically sat down and and decided we're going to be about defense first in every category and offense is going to come from that and i think the buy-in from the upperclassmen and the seniors and then the newcomers meshing in uh that started to, to show what we could be uh, defensively in those early goings when we were challenged at such high levels, you know, South Dakota state on the road, Minnesota on the road, we did schedule particularly difficult. Uh, I will say, I'm not sure if I really was super excited when I found out we were playing Texas A&M, but we did spin it. 
because we already had Gonzaga on that schedule. We had Minnesota. We had South Dakota State. And uh, we had Wichita State. Uh, but at the same time, you have a chance for your, your team to play against an All-American or a three-time All-American. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And Gary Blair was going on his 800th and whatever win. So it ended up being, I think, uh, a very good challenge and also what we needed as a team to see what we can potentially become. And, you know, I think there's something to be said when you don't get the early success with those games and you have to suffer the loss to keep you hungry um, and keep you motivated. Cause we actually watching back those games, we saw that some of those down the stretch situations weren't necessarily a Kennedy Carter for Texas A&M beating us. You know, initially when you're in live action, you're feeling a little bit like she took over. But then we watched back and we just didn't do our, our, our execute our jobs the way we had throughout the game. So I think those kinds of challenges did get us going into a rhythm right before conference started. I actually thought the very short time frame we had for Christmas break played to our benefit early uh, because typically we get a little bit longer Christmas break, but we basically came back from Puerto Rico on the 22nd or something like that. And we had to practice on Christmas evening because of the Saturday game. And it did keep us in a great rhythm with the four games that we had right in a row. Uh, with that being said, um, I'm really happy that we have the one game this week to, to get our legs back underneath us because it was a lot of games uh, in that stretch to open up conference. It's award show season and Paradise Falls is rolling out the red carpet with brand new dinner specials all month long. Try the Steak Oscar, a 14-ounce hand-cut New York strip steak cooked to your liking topped with rich lobster meat and a decadent holidays. Or have the Salmon Oscar, an 8-ounce wild Alaskan sockeye salmon filet smothered in lobster and the homemade holiday sauce. Black tie optional or come as you are. Have dinner in Paradise at Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Open 7 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week. College women's basketball is so fascinating because the very best teams are just so elite. You look at UConn and how much they've dominated. But to have a chance to see programs like Washington, like you guys did in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago with Kelsey Plum and Texas A&M with Kennedy Carter, in your mind, what is the biggest difference? What's the separating factor? Because it seems as if those premier high major elite teams, are they're just so good compared to even the the rest of the country, the rest of the mid-majors. Well, you know, obviously, physically, I mean, you look at them athletically, too. Um, there's just an elite-level athlete. You know, Minnesota, you know, there were a couple of possessions where I'm watching our box outs, and there's nothing else I can tell a kid who's boxing out the right way, and this kid is just an amazing, phenomenal athlete. And I think over the course of a game, that level at times wears on you by the fourth quarter and wears you down. Like, I felt UW in the NCAA tournament, we played them pretty strong in an opening stretch. But then once Kelsey Plum got in the open court, it just kind of wears you down. Uh, versus the Minnesota game and Texas A&M game, uh, in particular, those are the ones that stand out to me right now. Um I felt like we didn't get worn down in these two games. Like this particular team we have right now played them uh, as good as any team I've coached, at least that level. Uh, And it was really some kind of fourth quarter, just we just need to get better in some end-of-game situations and finishing off games stronger. And I think the Minnesota game, 
Oleana got her fourth foul uh, heading into the fourth with an eight-point lead, and that was really critical for us because she is such a, a kid with composure. So I think that fourth quarter wearing you down, that level of competition is probably what I see the most. They just don't make mistakes. That's probably the other piece at that level. Uh, there's not sometimes as much difficult action that you have to guard as what we get to see in the big sky. Like I think the big sky has some of the hardest defensive action to guard compared to some of these other top teams. They just keep it really simple, but they just wear you down and don't make mistakes. That's how I feel when Coulter box me out. <laughs> I just like, I'm just uh, squished into the wall. I got no chance. No, I got, I've, I've done, I've given all, I've given everything. I did it technically perfect and it came to naught. Uh, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this. The, 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 the Big Sky Conference the last couple of years, I mean, you mentioned some of the actions. I mean, Idaho has had I mean, John Newley talks about how he watched Golden State Warriors film to, to learn some actions to use for Michaela Friends and Taylor Pierce. They were such tremendous players. Savannah Smith at Northern Colorado, such a tremendous player. There's been some all-time greats that have gone through the league just the last couple years, and those those young ladies are not in the league anymore, but the league itself, it seems like it's as deep and as competitive as it's ever been, despite the graduation of such a, a decorated senior class from all over every almost every school last year. So what do you think of the league so far, six games in, and what is just the landscape of the league going forward in your mind well you know like a lot of people have been asking who do you think are the top teams i'm like well just watch every single night you just don't know so it kind of seems like it's a lot it depends on matchups right now i think uh the league right now is super competitive there were a lot of great wins in the preseason by our league and i think uh any single night you're going to probably have uh, an overtime game. I think our overtime uh, loss, there were three overtime games in that one evening. And I just think the coaches in the big sky are phenomenal. They do a great job having their teams ready. I think they do a great job uh, of taking certain things away. Once you get to conference, it's just different because you know personnel at such a deeper level than what you know when you're in a preseason game, you know, those things just don't, aren't the same level of focus. So uh, those things are really fun. They're exciting. I think that's what makes the big sky so entertaining for the fans is every single night you tip it off, uh, tip it up. You've got to be prepared and ready to go because uh, otherwise somebody's going to upset. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate you being with us here on the roundtable and uh, talking about being in Bozeman at Montana State this season and just uh, your career overall in, uh, in your 15th year and more to come after, again, signing a, uh, a contract extension uh, to continue there as the head coach. Congratulations on that, and thanks so much once again for being with us. Best of luck the rest of the year, okay? Well, thanks so much. You guys do a great job, and uh, appreciate all you do. You bet. Thank you, Coach. Trisha Binford head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. They are 5-1 in the Big Sky Conference. They're a game on top of Idaho and Montana uh, for top spot in the conference uh, thus far six games into the season. And uh, Coach Binford, she's uh, she's been doing it a long time. She's 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 one of the goodies. She's fun to talk to always and, uh, and, and has a team that is, uh, you know, has been uh, probably the, expected to be the number one team in the Big Sky Conference this year and has fulfilled those expectations thus far. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, correct us. Uh, Trisha Bithford is actually the second longest tenured coach in the Big Sky Conference. Wendy Schuler at Eastern Washington mm-hmm. is the longest tenured coach. When she was talking about, you know, when they were when she first broke in the league, that was Wendy's third year. So Coach Schuler has been at Eastern Washington. I think this is her nineteenth season. Yeah. Um, and I also said College Station, but they did not play Texas A and M in College Station. They played in Puerto Rico, right. as mentioned at the uh, at the tournament. But 
Correct. There's been some cool experiences for Montana State women lately too, because I mean, you're playing Kennedy Carter, like she, like Coach Pinford mentioned. I mean, she's a she's an All American three years in a row. She's one yeah. of the great players on on the planet right now. And she she's an awesome player, and she she will be an internationally famous women's basketball player. And that's the thing. I mean, some of these um, some of these women they they reach such higher levels of fame outside mm-hmm. of America. It's one of the rare pro sports. I mean, like that Russian league. I mean, Diana Taurasi and and. Until she's, ret- I don't actually is super retired yet or not. Regardless, Diana Taurasi, super. Some of these gals are, I mean, right? They're, and, they're phenomenons. And, but and people may not, people may not know also that Coach Benford, thirty first pick overall in the WNBA oh, draft. Coach in, Coach uh, Benford was. Yeah. It was when the WNBA first got going, and she played a couple years there. But then, but in Australia, very very time. much like it is now. The WNBA it gets some exposure in America, but it's a short season. It's the summer league season, and so the the WNBA competition is good. But the international competition in women's basketball is actually better. Mm-hmm. The Russian league is a Premier League. The Italian league is a Premier League. The Australian league has always been very good. Coach Benford played a lot of, uh, for a long time there. Yep. I mean, the last time the Big Sky Conference got two teams into the NCAA tournament, men's or women's, was Trisha Benford's senior year, 1994, at Boise State, when Boise State was still in the Big Sky Conference, and Montana and Boise State both went to the NCAA tournament. So, Coach Benford, in her own right, was a, an awesome, awesome oh, She's in the Boise player. State Hall of Fame, people. Well, yeah, I mean, Trish the Dish. Great. I mean, yep. she's, I think she's one of the great point cards the Big Sky has seen. But I think that her basketball life has been awesome, because you talk about her playing career, but then also finding this place as a first-time head coach, and they take a chance on her when they first hired her, but then for her to be able to grow as the university grows, as the athletic department grows, it's a great story because she's such a perfect fit for what they want. I mean, she, she's the ultimate players coach who also recruits high academic athletes who then go and perform at a high level on the court. But then you add in to her basketball life, she's gotten to play Kelsey Plum, the all-time leading scorer in the history of college hoops. In Washington, in in the NCAA tournament, when when Montana State went a couple years ago, you get to play Kennedy Carter this year, but then also <laughs> the ultimate once in a lifetime, John Stockton is just an assistant on your basketball team <laughs> right. for a year and a half because his daughter's playing. You needed a you needed a, you had an assistant job open, and all of a sudden, the greatest passing point guard in the history of basketball is teaching your team how to play. I mean, it's pretty good. Lindsey Stockton was a great player. Hannah Cottle was a great player. And, but, but I mean, Hannah Cottle ended up being one of the all-time leaders in Montana State history in assists. But just the one-handed passes that John Stockton taught her how to throw completely set her apart. I mean, she was going to be a good big sky player, and she became an outstanding big sky player because of the tutelage of, of Coach Benford, too, because she's a great point guard, too. But the Johnny Stock underneath one-handed bounce pass, I mean, don't get much better than that. You don't see a lot of girls in the Big Sky Conference throwing that kind of pass. And Hannah Cottle made that her moneymaker. So it, it, I, I never. That was one of those experiences in my career I'll never forget. Going to women's basketball practice, and be like, man, that's John Stockton. And then you come up and say hi to you, and you're like, it's John Stockton, man. Like I couldn't. I was a huge Utah Jazz fan. So when I was growing up, I, to, to ever think that I would be around John Stockton all the time was just. It was my boy. It was. It was so cool. Does that ever happen when you talk to me? <laughs> That's Ryan Tutel, bro. That's right. 
Sometimes it's stressful juggling all your responsibilities on the weekends. You know you need to do your chores. You know you want to spend time with your family. But really, you just want to watch football all day. Paradise Falls is the perfect option for a family-friendly place to hang out and still have a chance to catch all the games. Open 7 a.m. till midnight and offering breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Paradise Falls has 30 big-screen TVs, ESPN3 capabilities, and much, much more. Swing on by Paradise Falls on Brook Street anytime you're in the mood for some food or some football. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot.